Hey Techies, I'm your host, Tasia Custody, and if you're new here, this is the podcast where I dive deep into the tech world to bring you the information that matters most in a relatable, straightforward way. On today's episode, I'm sharing an update on Canada's Bill C-18, the Online News Act. So before we begin, if you're wondering what Bill C-18 is, you may want to go back and listen to episode 14, I believe it was, where I chatted with friend and co-host of AI Named This Show, Tristan Jutra, all about Bill C-18. We discussed what it is and what it could mean for Canadian consumers. And sure enough, a few months later, and we are seeing firsthand indeed what it means for Canadians. So a little backstory here is that Bill C-18 became law in June of 2023 and is expected to come into effect in December after rules are finalized. However, at the beginning of August, Facebook's parent company Meta made good on its plan to block news in Canada. This means that content posted on Facebook and Instagram by both local Canadian news outlets and international outlets is no longer visible to Canadians using the platforms. So if you're in Canada and you're scrolling Facebook and Instagram, you are officially no longer seeing news, nor are you able to share news. Links posted by Canadian outlets are still available in other countries, by the way. So Meta said this was coming back in June when they said the Online News Act, quote, misrepresents the value news outlets receive when choosing to use our platforms. And to add, the parent company of Google Alphabet is planning to do the same thing, and they have said that they will begin removing new Canadian news links in Canada when the law takes effect, so likely sometime in December. So besides the obvious as to why this is an absolute disastrous bill, to say the least, Meta's ban on news came just a couple of weeks before devastating wildfires in western Kelowna, BC. People found out pretty quick they were unable to view news content about the fires on Facebook and Instagram. Trying to get information on the wildfires, Canadians were instead met with an image notice over where the content preview should be, stating that people in Canada can't see this content. In response to Canadian government legislation, news content can't be viewed in Canada. So basically, it's just blurred out where the preview of the content should be, and there is no content. So those who thought Meta was bluffing are being proved wrong here big time. It's really pretty wild to think about it. Michael Geist wrote a really great piece on this, and I've included his full article link in the description of this episode, but I'd like to pull a quote for you now that really sums up this whole situation really well. He says, quote, It is difficult to overstate the harm that Bill C-18 will create for the media sector in Canada, with enormous losses that will run into the hundreds of millions of dollars. Indeed, just the exit of Meta will lead to the losses that include the cancellation of existing deals, lost links that accounts for as much as 30% of referral traffic, and no new revenues from Bill C-18 from one of the two platforms that were supposed to fall under the law. 
The move virtually guarantees that Bill C-18 will represent a setback for the sector and a cautionary tale for a government that blindly ignored the warning signs, seemed to welcome a fight with tech companies, and had no plan B. End quote. And remember, this is just one company that's followed through with plans, so imagine the implications when Google does the same. And for what it's worth, Facebook has said that their traffic from Canadians has remained the same. So they've seen no ill effects from blocking news for Canadians. So now would be a really good time to introduce my esteemed colleague, my friend and fellow tech expert, Gray Williams, back to Talk Techie to Me once again, because I want to get Gray's opinion on whether or not Bill C-18 is indeed a complete disaster, or perhaps maybe there's a silver lining to all of this. So tell me, being in Canada right now, what, is, what do Facebook and Instagram look like for you right now? What changes have you noticed? Uh, honestly, more complaining, because that's really the, the story is the fact that there is no story. And of course, people will make it about that. A lot of posts of, well, because I can't do this, you'll have to do that. Um, and it really feels like everyone's sort of chasing the, chasing, the, chasing the news dragon. I think for a lot of folks, the news organization websites still work. Um, and so the social media, social network divide has become social network, actual media. It's not really the disaster that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm curious to know on your end. And when the fires happened in West Kelowna, I think the biggest thing I saw going on on Facebook was people complaining about Facebook not posting the links because people couldn't get information about the fires, which A, my thought was that's interesting that that's where you went for your news. But B, I also thought it interesting that the rhetoric was blame Facebook as opposed to the reasoning that they pulled news. So what are your thoughts on on all of the rhetoric. <laughs> well, as someone who has worked in Canadian media and has been paid as a Canadian journalist, um, I like it paid. I do. do. Doing work and getting paid for that work is an exciting prospect for me. And so when somebody comes along and says, hey, we'd love to take your work and not pay you for it, it's like, eh, should you though? <sighs> now, you know, the, the argument, uh, there's the argument to be made that these two sources are driving a lot of traffic to these websites. But it's almost like a little bit of a rent-seeking man-in-the-middle thing. Like, if Facebook and Google aren't doing this, don't you just go to the app? I mean, the, with the wildfires, there is a BC Wildfire app that has all of the news, that is more up-to-date, that doesn't have the color of, you know, your friends adding their, their narration in. That's the other thing as well, is I think the tone of the conversation has come down a little bit. Like, people are more chill. They're talking to each other about things that aren't news. This has been actually the most relaxing couple of weeks on social media that I've had in a while. Well, yeah, you bring up a good point because Facebook even put out some stats that their traffic from Canadians hasn't changed. So like them blocking news hasn't hurt them, certainly. Curious to know if it would benefit even because does it lead to a better user experience at the end of the day if the users know where else to go and get their information? Yes. Yeah, so if, if adults or people with basic adulting 
then we're gonna be okay. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, this it's I, a big leap. <laughs> this actually is a good thing for Facebook. The reason I loathe being there is the one or two people that you keep on your friends list because they're kind of friends and you don't want to miss the fight they're going to start. I, that's really that's not the way we should be taking things, but that, that's what it's been like. And now people are actually treating each other with a little bit more respect. So I'm more inclined to be on Facebook. Will you have the same thought if slash when Google implements their ban? So here's the funny thing. There's a third party that no one's really talking about, which is where I get most of my news. And that's Apple News. <laughs> of course and, you do. And their I should notifications... have prefaced this by saying the biggest Apple fan <laughs> possibly ever that I could have spoken to. I'm... Here's the thing. Apple News is a good experience. It's curated. The notifications are coming through fine. And I imagine they're paying for it because it doesn't look like the train is going to slow down. No. And because so does Apple News already pay out to the sources? So is that maybe why they wouldn't be impacted necessarily? Like it's a paid platform, if you will. So more of a partnership than a. Exactly. Exactly. It's more of like a partnership. So I don't think they would be affected by this. I think more so the reasoning as to why like it's kind of focusing on the big tech, really just the big two, like Meta and Alphabet essentially is because I view social as a very different ball game than a a paid curated news feed like an Apple News. Like to me Facebook is is a free way to promote. You can you know, of course, pay to advertising, blah, blah, blah. So I think where the argument gets flawed on my end from the government is like, I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what the platform is in terms of like, well, hang on, they're actually driving a ton of traffic to these news outlets. So you could argue they're generating income for the news outlets once people click through and go to the news outlet website. Outside of the fact that, of course, you can just go to their website to begin with. You don't have to go to a social platform. Sure, understood. But I guess, like, what role, if any, how much of a role should the government be playing in how Canadians get their news or how any consumer gets their news if something like this is going to happen in, say, California? So so the counterpoint here is that, is that traffic actually happening to the degree that they think it is? Because from what I've seen, a lot of people don't... RTFA, read the free article. So you have folks who are having conversations about a piece that has been written where they have not read, listened to, or watched the piece. And, Mm. you know, in the case of something like CBC, the public broadcaster, um, people love to misconstrue the things that are going on there um, without watching or reading or engaging at all. And so, you know, as a news organization saying, okay, well, we actually have control of the conversation that we are having with our user without this guy, Meta and Alphabet, sitting in at the table going, hey, you should probably take a look at this, take a look at this, take a look at this, take a look at this. How do you think about that? You know, it, it's it, looking at it and saying, okay, so there's there's traffic being sent. Is the user data being sent? The thing, the, the valuable stuff. What What is it that, that Google and, and Facebook and Meta, are, are, they're taking away from this that is so important that they don't pay for it? And it's just, is it, is it just money? Can't be because they paid for it in Australia. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing with Australia is, so they did a temporary ban there, and then I believe what ended up happening is they were able to reach deals with the news organizations directly. 
which I find interesting. And I think one of the hangups here for the these two big companies is there's some language at least so far right now, maybe question mark about how it's like unlimited liability. So there's no cap on how much they'd have to pay. And I obviously the companies are like, well, we're running a business too. Like we're not going to pay all these outlets this money. So I think there's a couple, maybe a couple things going on that maybe this was something that in theory is a really good thing. However, an execution <laughs> has gone horribly wrong. And I think, I honestly feel like the Canadian government was like, they're not going to do it. There's no way Facebook is going to pull it. They're just not. And Facebook was like, try me. <laughs> and to your point, we're still in the beginning stages. So we have to really see like, is this going to have a super detrimental effect? Could there be a better benefit where hey, it makes a social platform a place where we don't share news and we just talk to each other again. Yeah. Wouldn't that be like, that'd be great. And I want to touch on something else you mentioned real quick is you did mention like that's a good point of sometimes people aren't clicking through to the site. And that was a whole issue we saw on, yes, I'm still calling it Twitter, with when they finally had added that little blurb underneath an article to say, do you want to read this before you share it? Basically, because so many people were like, oh, attention, you know, clickbaity headline. I'm sharing this without actually reading the meat of what the story was about. Yeah. So I think to me, if I'm a policy person and I'm not and nor do I work in a government, nor do I want to. But I feel like you hit the nail on the head in terms of I think there were other things the government could have done, other regulations to perhaps help protect Canadian news other than this bill and the execution of what this bill ended up being. Yeah, you know, I hear you on that one. And the thing I would say to Meta and Alphabet at this point is, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Go make those deals. Go propose that language. You've got some smart people working over there and there's some good AI. I believe in you. But it does feel a little like we took our ball and went home. Uh, baby pants with hockey belt on. Come on, fellas, ladies, everybody in between. You can figure this out. Yeah. And at least as of right now, I believe Google is still in discussion with the government and yeah. talking about, you know, rereading kind of their drafts. They in at the beginning of September, the government released a couple more drafts of what this bill is going to be in effect when it comes into effect in December. And I believe Google is still in talks with them. But Meta has just said, no, ma'am. <laughs> We're not doing it, which some people are wondering if this is their tactic, you know, as they did pull stuff right away in Australia before then just negotiating with the outlets directly. But that could be something maybe that we see from them. Maybe these big tech companies say, OK, we get what your point is, but we want to talk and we want to negotiate with them directly. We don't want to go through the government. We don't think government should regulate news because that can be a whole other issue. Ahem, China, ahem, <laughs> Russia. So like, you know, we don't want to go that route. So let's maybe we just go to the source and cut out the government being the middle person here. No, and honestly, I would, I would applaud them if that is what they do. I would also applaud them if they do have the courage of their convictions and they keep news off their platform and they see how it turns out because you don't need the moderation. You don't need to worry about running afoul of political laws at that point. And everything is beautiful. Uh, not only is everything beautiful we're gonna break into song right <laughs> i was literally gonna say to you so it sounds like you're not hitting the panic button no no i don't even know where i put my panic button 
Some, somewhere with the last news article I read. It's gone. And let the moral show, the moral, the record show, the moral of the story or the record show, whatever you want to say. First of all, maybe we should re all rethink where we get our news from. There was a time before social media. There was a time before Facebook. And we had to get our news from the source. So what I would recommend from people when I was living in the beautiful country of Canada, I had the CTV News app. And I used the CTV News app and curated my news feed that way. Uh, currently, I still I do use Google News. So if I was in Canada, I'd be screwed in about a couple months here. But I do use Google News. But I also use a few other curated apps where it's pulling my news sources directly from the news source. So I don't really get, with the exception of Twitter, I do get a lot of news off Twitter that I fact check, by the way. What the ramble, what I'm trying to say is, check your sources and maybe go to the actual news source. So if you are in Canada right now and you're freaking out because Meta's cut your news off and Google is about to, which would be the thing that would give me the heart attack, the Google part of it, not Meta part of it, but use something like a Feedly. Feedly still exists, right? Use something like a Feedly. <laughs> Before I tell you what to do, I think it still exists. Or like Gray is saying, subscribe to something like Apple News or perhaps do something where there's more of a partnership with these news organizations and it's pulling links directly from them and you know where your source is coming from and you're not reliant on a social media platform that could disappear or pull whatever they want to pull at any given time. Don't forget, there's also radio. Good old-fashioned radio. It's true. Right? There are podcasts. There are lots of other ways to get information than Facebook. So it's, we'll see. I'm sure we'll be talking again about the update to the update. I'm not sure we're reading the news about it, so. I don't know. Is anybody even going to hear this? Should you fall into the forest? Do I fall under news in Canada? (laughs) You're not even going to see this link. (laughs) Okay, so before I let you go, mm-hmm. if you were the government of Canada and you were trying to protect Canadian news as they have framed this Bill C-18, mm. how would you go about it? Would you do the same things or what would you make different? Like, What would it have looked like for you in terms of adding extra revenue to Canadian news agencies' pockets? It's a good question. And there's no wrong answer. Maybe there is, and we'll get canceled. We don't know. That's the fun thing about this. But just more curious, I'd love to know like what you think about that. Because I got a lot of random ideas of ways, even outside of government regulation, that these news agencies could have better monetized themselves without the government having to step in. But if you were the government and you wanted to play the protection game, I mean, what... What would that have looked like for you? That's an interesting one. So it, it probably not a not a popular opinion or a good choice, um, but I would allow uh, news organizations to have some insight to the algorithms that drive where their traffic ends up. So it's not a mystery, and they're not spending a lot of time and energy trying to figure out how to game the system or get get themselves seen. The fact that our news organizations are part of the the, the gallop that sometimes is gish and sometimes isn't um, is it's distasteful. And I think you could actually, you could win a lot of friends in journalism if you're like, look, you write a story, it has this tag, it will be seen by this group of people because they've expressed interest in that, as opposed to the 1% of that because you aren't advertising the story. That I think would be an interesting thing to see. And then honestly, the, the user data, being able to see who's reading what and understand a little bit more about the Canadian populace 
that has it has the possibility of going sideways very very quickly. But I've always had a deep supervillain streak, so it appeals to me. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Thank you, Gray. I appreciate it. So we're about a month and a half, two months into meta blocking news in Canada, and the government of Canada seems to be attempting to address these new concerns. But I think you can imagine how this is going. So here's the latest tidbit. At the beginning of September, Canada unveiled draft rules for Bill C-18 that aim to address the worries, or they said aim to address the worries that Google and Meta have had that they could basically be facing an uncapped liability here. But unsurprisingly, Meta's really not buying what the Canadian government is selling. Meta Canada's head of public policy, Rachel Curran, said in a statement that, quote, the regulatory process is not equipped to address the fundamentally flawed premise of the Online News Act. Today's proposed regulations will not impact our business decision to end news availability in Canada. A spokesperson for Google said the company was reviewing the proposed regulations to, quote, assess whether they resolve the serious structural issues with the law. I guess really the best way to sum all of this up would be, what a mess. Good grief. Well, listen... It's come to that time of the show again, the time where I ask you to please rate, share, review Talk Tech to Me if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the podcast. Special thanks once again to Gray Williams for joining me on this episode. You can follow Gray on all the socials at Gray Williams, and that's Gray, G-R-A-Y-E. You can connect with me on the interwebs, of course, if you want to talk about Bill C-18 or perhaps you want to connect with me over YouTube, taking my ad revenue still with their invalid traffic bug. Maybe you just want to chit chat about the Habs or about whatever you want. What is on your mind? Connect with me. I'm at Tasia Custody on all the things. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Talk Techie to Me and we'll chat real soon. 